Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. to another edition of Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. Oh, we got a jam-packed show for you. Talking to plenty of NFL Combine, the big boys. They are out and about on the field. They are conducting the on-field drills for linebackers and D-linemen. We'll get into some of those updates. We'll talk about the L that Texas men's basketball took uh, to the TCU Horn Frogs last night. Also to Short Choice. Uh, making a choice to decide to stay here on the 40 acres. Apparently, he was offered a great job opportunity and decided the 40 acres was a better place. The grass wasn't that greener. We'll get into that. Also, DeMarvion Overshone meeting with the Dallas Cowboys. The Bijan Robinson odds and Mike McCarthy speaking out about Kellen Moore. We didn't get us all that and more. Before we do, let's introduce you to the rest of the crew. He was a second-round pick for the Montreal Expos for the first-round pick for the Austin Radio Network. He originally committed to the University of Texas, but it's up to Ford go to Fort Acres and chase his dream in the cheese. Pippin' ain't easy, but for this man, it's a breeze. Mike Hardball Hards. What's going on, brother? What it do, what it do. We're right here. What is this new theme Thursday edition mm-hmm. of Ball Don't Lie? We're going to find out what that theme's going to be. But I know one of the themes needs to be, what are we going to do with our Texas basketball team? But we'll get all into that in just a little bit. But let me tell you about my man that sits across from me. He hails from H-Town with the get down. He's a lifetime Longhorn and a proud car-carrying member of DBU. Legendary lifetime, now college football, Hall of Famer legend. Uh, Derek Johnson said he was the best cover corner he had ever seen. He's a former NFL DB that still has that passion for film study, but he's not a fan of white condiments. But of course, he is a fan of you, the listeners. He is my man and yours, Rod Babels. Thanks for the intro. Let's not waste any time introducing the real MVP, the idealionaire, one of the hardest working members of the ARN family. He's got a hustler spirit, period. We don't know what he's paid. We damn sure that he's underpaid. Patrick Davis. How you doing, Patrick? 
Oh, so it's, uh, it's combine day. It is combine day. Yeah, that's right. Because officially you got the big boys on the field. So we'll get to that. Two Longhorns, actually three Longhorns working out. Uh, they're invited to the combine. You got Keandre Coburn, Murrow Ojimo, and of course DeMarvion Overshone. So we'll get to some of those updates coming up here uh, later on. Um, also, we'll get to some other Longhorn uh, football news notes and nuggets because we'll talk about uh, to short choice. Uh, Horns 24-7 reporting that uh, he was – Give it an opportunity uh, to lead the 40 acres uh, for what could have been greener pastures and maybe, I don't know, grass could have been greener and show <laughs> the cash could have been greener too. Hello. We don't really know. Uh, but he decided to stay here on the 40 acres as their running back coach. So we'll get to that coming up here a little bit later on in this segment. Uh, in the top of the 4 o'clock, DeMarvio and Overshow and meeting with your Dallas Cowboys, Harsh. Uh, mm-hmm. So apparently mm-hmm. the Cowboys like them some DeMarvio and Overshow. We'll talk about why that is the case. You can be a part of the show. You're the most important part of it. On the Specs text line, 512 Seven six, you're the heartbeat of this thing. So hit us up there, or you can hit us up via Twitter. Hardball Harge is at Hardball Harge in the Twitterverse. Patrick Davis at It's Patrick Davis, and I'm at Rod Babers in the Twitterverse. All right, I'm sorry we got to start the show on a bit of a low, um, and that would be the L taken by Texas basketball last night, gentlemen. And it's not just taking the L. Listen, losing on the road in the Big Twelve, there ain't no shame in that. Mm-hmm. There ain't no shame in that. To me, though, as a Texas basketball fan. For this to be the first time, you know, all season they've lost back-to-back games, um, and mm-hmm. like I said, so that's first time that, that that's a that's a little bit, you know, that's a little troubling. Yep, Just a little because yep, it's yep, happening yep. in March. Yes, Just not supposed start, to happen. Ha- happens on the, <laughs> in the start of March. It went all year long yep, without yep. having back-to-back losses, and you're talking about now March has hit, and boom, that's when it hits. They actually have back-to-back losses. But what's more concerning is the the one issue they got, and these are, there are a few issues that have become almost character flaws of this team throughout the season, and we probably could sit here and list them the the three or four they are. Uh, they they're they're flaws, but not necessarily. I didn't think they were Shakespearean flaws, meaning they were fatal flaws that ultimately would doom this team. I thought they could overcome those. Mm-hmm. That slow, lethargic, lackadaisical start on the road in the Big 12, the lack of urgency. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Like, wh- I don't, I, I, it's, it's even, yeah, it's tough to even fathom how they could lack that intensity to start the game. Now, to close out the ball game, they were great in the second half. They did a really good job defensively, fought back in, and made it a one-possession game after being down, I think, by the most at 16, I believe, was the, high, was the biggest lead that TCU had uh, in the first half at one point. But, man, it was um, – that, that to me, I don't know how that happens when there's so much on the line. You have a chance to win or to get a share, I should say, of the, mm-hmm. the regular season Big 12 title for the first time since, what, 2008? And it's the, it's the Big 12. Hello. You're on the road anyway in the Big 12 where all season long you've been an average to below average team, but in the Big 12 it's really tough to win on the road. And yet – Man, you did yourself no favors by digging a, a a hole, a deficit of 16 points and having to fight back in that game on the road. And they ultimately couldn't do it. 75-73, so they brought it really close. Like I said, it was a one-possession game multiple times in the second half. But uh, Texas, ultimately, one of the things that has become like I said, a character flaw of this team, slow starts, came back to haunt them once again, Hunch. Well. As you talked about, Rod, and we're going to continue to look at this and try to break it all down and try to find the answers, as we like to say, to the cause of the problem. Um, 
there's so many things that we can touch on, and this is something that I've I've been talking about since day one. It's the lack of movement off the ball. It is it is so bad that the entire time you're watching that game and you're seeing people stand around mm-hmm. again on the offensive side of the game. And it's so frustrating. And and Patrick brought this up a couple weeks ago where it's like everybody's waiting for Marcus Carr to do something. We're beyond that now. We're way past that. We're at the end of the season. Mm -hmm. That stuff should have been rectified a long time ago. But it reared its ugly head again. And at this point in the season, Marcus Carr is tired. He is completely done. He needs rest. He needs a lot of rest. But what do we do? We play him 31 minutes again. We play him again. And he's short on his shots. And this is something I asked you, all of you, the other day. I was like, is he tired? He looks like he's tired. And he tries to fake it, right? You try to that false hustle on the court. And it's like, bro, I can tell your legs are gone because of the way your lateral movement is not mm-hmm. what it is. And then your vertical movement is not there. You're shooting the ball now on your way down when before you were shooting it on your way up. It just looks like they are waiting for him to be the miracle worker. They have other people that can play, but the problem is they're not executing an offense. I was talking to a buddy of mine at lunch, and I was like, it just doesn't look like there is an offense. We keep thinking there is because they're scoring points. But there's really no offense that is being run. And it's frustrating because it you're losing the games the same way. You're losing every single game. You're coming out lethargic, as you said at the very beginning. Texas never led in this basketball game. They have never led in this basketball game. They, they held a lead. TCU held a lead. For 39 minutes and 53 seconds. And the only reason why they didn't have it the whole time because they were tied 0-0 in the first seven seconds of the game. That's it. And it's frustrating because of what you what you hit the nail on right there. It's March. This is where we're supposed to be. It's ready. It's money time. It's money time. And I heard B&E talking about it this morning on B&E, Bucky and Aaron. I was like, Maybe they're right. Maybe they shouldn't try to go win the Big 12 tournament. Maybe they should go and rest because their bodies, and I know we got all the new scientists and all the the new things to recover. Mm. They're not recovering, especially Marcus. I don't look, it does not look like Marcus Carr is the same guy that we saw at the very beginning of the year. It actually looks like he's getting more frustrated down the stretch. That's what I'm, I'm gathering right now. Yeah, but of course he's frustrated. I mean, everybody is playing him as the number one player on the team right now. Uh, we saw last night that game was extremely physical. Some say they should have called way more fouls on TCU, right. but they didn't. Right. And so the game was just really, really physical. You're getting bumped around the whole time. Uh, I mean, the, the problem is there's not the depth on this team where they Marcus Carr can take a rest. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we're at the point of the season where it would be nice. It would be nice for a lot of things. It would be nice if Tyrese Hunter was shooting 45% from three. It would be nice if we could rest Marcus Carr a little bit. It'd be nice, but I can tell you, it, it, playing going to going to Kansas City and dropping the first game on purpose by resting your players and coming home early isn't helping you because you're you're have a decent shot to lose on Saturday. You're fifty fifty on Saturday at best because you're playing a really good Kansas team. 
So, I mean, you're probably the underdog in this game anyway. Mm. Now you have to go in that. Do you really want to have a possibility of dropping four in a row to hopefully rest our guys for a couple extra days? You're still going to practice because you've been playing awful. Mm -hmm. And there's the thing. As awful as they played against TCU, a couple of those shots fall. A couple of shots that shouldn't have gone for TCU don't. Texas wins that game. They don't call a bogus technical foul on Rodney Terry. Like, there's all these things that are, like, as bad as Texas played, they were still in this game, which shows you that they're a good enough team to win. They just have to get over these little things, and you have to hope that the breaks don't come of of just them shooting so good in the first half that even when you're playing decent defense, it doesn't do anything, and then they you you projected, hey, man, they're not a good three-point shooting team, so we're going to try and protect the inside and let them shoot with the – then they shoot lights out from behind the arc. So, you know, yeah, you I wouldn't can... have thought they would keep doing that, though. You know what I'm saying? I, 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 would, have, I would have taken my chances of letting them keep doing that. No, I, no. I agree. I, I would have thought going into the game that they would have hit that, but yeah, they did. Yeah. No, I mean, and then, and then again, you have to, you just have to have more effort up front. Like, I get, and we're saying that they're tired at the end, so it's hard to say they need more effort up front. But in that first half, there was a point with about two minutes left in the first half where I looked up and TCU had missed nine shots. And they had seven offensive rebounds. Yep, that's that's absurd to go. Oh, so two of those maybe didn't go. Like two of those shots where shots went up, you guys didn't score. Now yep. there was turnovers. They had the, they had turnovers. So Texas was getting the ball back and and playing defense. But you have to be able to get offense. You have to be able to get defensive rebounds because when you're allowing a team to shoot that high percentage and let them offensive rebound. Yep, it's just you're building that hole that then you're going to have to try and come back, and that's how you have weak knees in the fourth quarter is because you've been playing from behind the whole game. I thought it was women that weaken our knees. You know what? <laughs> women weaken legs. <laughs> they do. They do. Uh, boys to men also reinforce that. Uh, anyway, uh, but no, getting back to Patrick's point, I one thing that did happen in the last game versus Baylor, but also in this game, they forced a ton of turnovers. Yeah. They 22? 22 of them. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. they, they, they actually did get points. I think last game they had 21 forced turnovers versus Baylor, yeah. and then they ended up with only 16 points off those turnovers. I believe in this game they were at 27 points off of those turnovers, mm-hmm. so a little bit better. But, uh, yeah, Pat was right. They kept getting the ball back, but they just couldn't do uh, much with it until the second half, on the first half here. And it seems like everything, all the issues, not all of them, some of the glaring issues with this basketball team in this matchup versus TCU and at the wrong time, right? Like I said, yep. you said the start of March, which this is college basketball's month. <laughs> yeah. All right. The NFL is going to steal a little bit of it, like a week of it with the combine. But otherwise, this is when we talk college basketball. All of their issues were exacerbated. Yeah. It seemed like, right? It seems like the, the slow start, they were, they, they did not beat. TCU in any statistical category in the first half. Not one. Not yeah. one. You can na- not one. You know, field goal percentage, fast break points, three point percentage, uh, you know, rebounding, defense, yep. offense, second chance. I mean, you can name everyone you want to try to name. They didn't beat them in one. Mm-hmm. It was it was wild to see that. And it just showed you just kind of lack of focus. But that's been an issue for Texas all year long. You just you thought it would start to remedy itself. Uh, via coaching or via the players, leadership, whatever, by March. Yep. And the rebounding thing, which Patrick has been wailing on all season long, how bad they are rebounding, it was just 
that disparity was mind blowing. Well, it was it was stupefying to watch that. It was like even 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 Jeff Howard, the guards. Even the guards were out hustling up for the ball. That's because they wanted it more. Yeah, that's what it came down to. It was they weren't nobody fighting. I saw Dylan Dessou try to fight a little bit. He was in there trying to get physical, but he was getting pushed around near the end of the game. I mean, the, the entire time you sit here, they got 16 points off a of second chance buckets. Mm. That's the one thing that we left here saying yesterday. They can't do that. They can't let that happen. And you look at the score, and it ended up being a two-point game, but it really wasn't that close. They, no. they threw that shot up at the end. That's the only reason why people were losing their mind because of the cover as well. They lost that because they had, at the end it was TCU plus three. <laughs> yeah. well, and now they hit that shot just throwing uh-huh. it up. Throwing it up at the end. It didn't even matter. They're like, no! Yes, it does! <laughs> Depending on what side you were on, right? But you sit there and you look at it and you say, okay, what can Texas do better? What what do they need to do heading into this tournament? I agree with some of what you said, Patrick, about going in there and being on a losing streak. Just win this weekend. Go and beat Kansas this weekend. Kansas doesn't have anything to play for anymore. They're That's still true. trying to figure it out. I mean, they already won the conference, so they're going to move on. They probably, I don't know, they may want to win the Big 12 championship in the tournament. They may not. But if he wants to rest his players, this is the time for Bill Self to rest his players too. So if Texas can go out there and win this game and then go into the tournament, and I'm not saying go in there and tank. We're not tanking for anything. You need to be playing better. But if you just happen to lose a game, eh, go home and get some rest, man, because the run starts here pretty soon. It's it's the time for him to, to look at his team and look at these guys because this may be the last shot that you have. Some of you are a lot older than what we expect. What have we been saying the entire time? This is a senior guard lineup. This is when you go and play in the tournament and you expect your guards to be better. We still don't know what we're going to get from Tyrese Hunter. We still don't know. You know what? Strangely enough, Tyrese Hunter is starting to play better basketball. He's playing aggressively. He's playing aggressively. Yes. He's starting to play better basketball. And Marcus Carr, because I think it, I think it's more fatigue than anything. Yep. Um, and fatigue and defenders have a pretty accurate scouting report, and there's a lot of attention paid to Marcus Carr because they know how crucial and integral he is to the offensive identity for Texas, uh, that he is now starting to become more and more inefficient right. and ineffective offensively. So you need you need all your all three of your guards all right, your star yes. guards, Soldier Boy Rice, you know, Marcus Carr, and also, you know, uh, Tyrese Hunter to be playing really well at, in March. And right. it's, it seems like it's going to be two of the three. Right, <laughs> can't right, get, right. Can't, can't get all have, three. Can't get all three. <laughs> nope, they're not, not going to happen that way. Yeah, so it's, it's really for Texas basketball fans, it's unfortunate because, like I said, it's a lot of the same issues. The, um, the, the scoring droughts that have come, but I don't know if that was so much as just the first half. They just didn't, they didn't show up. Right. Texas didn't show up in the first half. In the second half, they were great. In the second half, Texas held TCU to under twenty percent yes. from three point range, under thirty percent from the field. That goes so back they to my really point. Really focused in the second half. That goes back to my point about them shooting the threes in the first half. I wasn't worried about them shooting the threes in the mm-hmm. first half as the second half, and that's exactly what happened. If you let them keep shooting them, they're mm-hmm. going to shoot themselves out of the game. To your point, Texas still had an opportunity to win that because they were shooting so bad. Four of 13 in the second half from three point, eight of 22 total in the game. Well, the that was Texas, excuse me. Texas. Um, they were four of eight in the first half and one of five in the second half and five of 13 for the game, TCU. 
So I'm like, go ahead, keep shooting them. You know, it, it always happens. Somebody shoots a couple, and it's like, uh-oh, they they getting hot from the outside. Then mm-hmm. all of a sudden, they become back to themselves. Yeah. They came back to themselves. So, But the other part of it was the free throw shooting again, to your point. Again. To your point. Again. They shot, they attempted 19 free throws. Texas did. TCU made 18. Yeah, he was right there. Yeah. I'm yeah. like, no, but that, right that, this, that goes into Texas needs to have game plans for bad officials because there's been a few games where they've had really bad officiating. Last night was really bad officiating. No doubt. And not one way or the other, they would just call four fouls on a team in 25 seconds and then not call anything for another five minutes. So you can't you – Like, can't I'm not saying they were yeah. like, hey, man, they're homers for TCU. They were just bad officiating mm-hmm. last night. Yeah. Both ways. They just didn't call a consistent game whatsoever. And then called a technical on Rodney Terry for showing him up because he was calling a bad game. So that like it's just all well, around. Actually, bad. Rodney was yelling at him because the they had no, no, I know. people on the yeah. floor. No, no, I get no. He also he also there was a moving screen that he didn't call. Yeah. There was a lot of things yeah. where he was yelling at him. And then when he went over, he goes, "Why did I get a technical?" And he goes, "You're showing me up." And he goes, "Really? That's yeah. why I got a technical? You're showing me up? Wow! Yeah. Like is this third grade?" Yeah. We're we're playing college basketball. It's you crazy. blew a call. You blew two calls in a row. Big calls. And I'm so. telling you, you did because I need you to make them up for me because yeah. we're losing. Yep. So like all of that happens, but you have to be able to pre- be prepared to play through that. Yep. And Texas was just getting bumped on the perimeter a lot. And when you realize that's happening, then you have to go create more contact because they're not going to call the small contact. So you can't keep looking at the official for a little bit of contact. Go create a lot of contact. Get the guy two or three fouls because once he has three fouls, he can't play bump defense anymore. Yeah, like he has to step back. So you have to play that type of way, and they just didn't want to create the contact. And I get you're going to get hammered sometimes, and there were some times that they did get hammered and didn't call anything too. You just have to keep doing it. I know it sucks, it hurts, and it, it takes a lot of energy to do. But if they are going to call a game in a way of hey man, like we're going to let him bump you around, we're going to let him do that. You have to be able to go. We're not going to let them shoot more free throws than us. Yep. So if they're shooting free throws on one end and we're getting hands, we need to go full body and then put our hands where their arms are and their arms will come down and hit us. It's um, No, it's, a, it's I love the, your point earlier you made, though, about – and this just happens in football, too. It really does. I remember the conversations in football on the sideline. I'm sure baseball hard for you is yep. the same thing when you get an officiating crew because usually officials call a game a certain way. They're going to call it tight. They're going to – let you play, call it loose, whatever, and you get the feel of it. Mm-hmm. About a quarter through the game, about a third through the game, okay, I know how to play this game. I get it, yep, I get it. They're going to let me put, on, put my hands on the receivers. They're going to let us play today. All right? They're going to they gonna let us play through contact and fight fight for the football. I like that. Sometimes you get refer- officiating crews who are like, no, no, we're allowing no contact at the five yards. Don't touch him. Right. They'll call holding on you at seven yards. They'll call pass interference on you real easily. Like, oh, man, I was trying to fight for the ball. Like, no, 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 don't touch that receiver. And yep. you get it. You're like, okay, I get it. Yep. I just need to know cons- what the consistent, all right, what the consistent theme is going to be basically or whatever or how you're going to call the calls, but whatever, just do it consistently. Yeah. Bad, whatever, just so I can adjust my game. Yeah. And what Patrick, I think you're saying is, is the the officials never gave you a chance to adjust your game or to to the pattern of officiating, whatever it was. No, they kept, they kept changing it up. Well, no, because they, they, they basically, close. yeah, it's that basic. Hey, man, we're seeing too many fouls. Let's call a bunch of them in a row so that we'll they'll get them to stop fouling. Like that works, and yeah. it doesn't work. And so then they keep fouling, but they're like, well, they have five fouls in like we have 16 minutes to go in the half. Yep. So we can't keep calling fouls at this rate. So we have to stop. But instead of then. Making it even, they just go, well, swallow your whistles. We called five fouls too quick. 
So now let's yeah. swallow the whistles for the next five minutes. So it doesn't matter if they're grabbing or pulling or knocking somebody over. That's too inconsistent. It's, yes. it's a horrible to, way to officiate a game. To, you either emphasize certain calls, emphasize certain things. And yes. that's, that's what you do. You no, emphasize exactly. and de-emphasize. And, and again, this was both okay. ways. It yeah. wasn't like one way. Now, the TCU having six men on the field uh, and the six men on the court, that's you can't do that. Yeah, you can't but, do that. But <laughs> TCU is going to be a more physical team. That's just what they exactly. do. So they're going to play, and it looks like it's worse because we're getting beat up doing and it. And because Texas is smaller. Yeah. So like it team. looks worse, but in, in reality, they're calling it weird both ways because I think in the second half, in the first or second half, t- Texas had had them in the penalty with like four, 14 minutes left. Early, yes. And, and so like there was a point where you can't say, hey, man, they're not helping you because they just put them in the penalty with 14 minutes left. Yeah. However, then they stopped calling anything because they realized they put them in the penalty with 14 minutes. That's the problem is – and you still didn't take advantage of it, though. That's the part that bothers me. If you got a team in the penalty exactly. that early, why are you shooting jump shots? That's Patrick's point. He's like, be aggressive. I mean, be aggressive. Like you Go have create to, contact. You have adjust, to get there. Adjust to the officiating, right. the climate of officiating, whatever it is. And you adjust know it. That, like I said yesterday, I was like, I tell my son that all the time. Look at w- when you're about to be in the bonus. Mm-hmm. Pay attention to that. Be, be aware. aware of that. <laughs> I, and be aware of what big man you're driving to the paint to. to drive now, hey, the... man, this dude can't. I can do one crossover. He's, he's going to be on his back of his feet, exactly. and his hands are going to come forward. And once his hands come forward a little bit, all I have to do is go into him. Yep. And they're going to call it every time because he's going to foul me. Yep. 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 No, I totally agree. Uh, all right, so Texas basketball, disappointing loss, 75-73. I don't know what Kansas is going to do since they now essentially have the regular season crown. They're, they're going to try and win games because that's what basketball teams do in March. Right, you cannot that, take time off. I yeah. get it. I get it's a fun concept. You cannot take time off because the minute you do, everything you worked on to get to that streak of how you're feeling and playing good right now, erase all of it off the blackboard. You're starting fresh in the next game, and that is not how you want to go into a, into the NCAA tournament. Well, that's well, Texas is going to the tournament. Yeah. <laughs> no, they're, I, I mean, they are, they're, they're but going, they, they can win on Saturday. They can go win some games in the Big 12 tournament. They could. And they can not if, be. If Kansas, if Kansas is taking that approach and they are going to go into this te- game with Texas with a sense of urgency, I don't feel good about Texas' chances. I, I will say that's it. there is one that's good awesome. thing. Home court advantage is big in the Big 12. It's huge. So Texas at home, there is that going for us. That this team should have beaten TCU as bad as they played in that game. They still should have won that game. Mm-hmm. Like, Dylan DeSue missed how many shots? I don't know that he was three feet away from the basket and he normally hits those. Like, there was just a bunch of little things in that game. Rebounds that bounced off a guy's hands that they had him and that bounced off. It, it, if you change a couple of those things that are in your hands to change, if they miss a couple of threes, Texas wins this game. So I get that it's as bad as it looks. You are going against a good team on the road and should have won in spite of everything else. So you just need to not focus on completely doom and gloom. You have to go, look, here's all our positives. We have to do these, and these are the things we have to fix. And if we can't fix these, we need to scheme better to try and close up holes that we cannot allow everyone to crash into the basket on some of these long three-pointers when we hold them to 27 seconds – 29 seconds on the shot clock, and there's one second left, and they throw the ball up, and all our guys crash the board, and so all they have to do is tap it out, and they have four guys waiting around to catch the ball. Yeah, no, I'm with you. They got to they got to fix their mistakes. Obviously, that's something they got to do going into this game versus Kansas. But it's 
like I said, you're, you're playing bad basketball at the wrong time. Yes. Yep. That's just, I agree. Like, that's just, and with a team with so much leadership and such a veteran team, this is actually the pattern you wanted to avoid. Yeah. You not want to be playing bad basketball in March. Yep. And so, it, you know what I'm saying? They, they, we, know the, we know the ceiling for this team. This team can play with almost any team in the country when they're playing re- their best basketball. When you come out and play the first half. <laughs> it keeps you play the whole game. Play the whole game. There you go. Definitely will put you in there. Uh, someone said I jinxed him yesterday because I kept bringing up the fact <laughs> that they hadn't lost back to back games. Very possible, and I apologize if that is the case. Um, I'm someone, the only one that's superstitious. Someone guys. says, do you, <laughs> someone, uh, "Text line: Do you think Chris Beard is happy to see Texas losing?" No. Um, I know because these guys he recruited, so I hope he's not happy about and the he's guys. An all, and this is losing. his alma mater. Um, and it is, well. Well, he's he's probably got a little beef with the alma mater right One, now. Let's be honest. Let's, let's be honest. <laughs> don't, don't create, don't create yeah, yeah, And, and I will say, and I see a lot of people. There is a lot of people that are like Chris Beard would be ripping these guys harder. Chris Beard has also not been able to recruit a, a standard big man. That is what Texas needs desperately. Exactly. That's so what, yeah. if we want to say the good with Chris Beard, the thing that has killed us in so many of these mm-hmm. games that we don't have a big. No bigs want to play for Chris Beard. That's nope. good point. So I'll just say, as much as we can say that we loved what he did, yeah. he did good things. Yeah. But we, if we want to point out the negatives of Rodney Terry, I will point out a negative of Chris Beard. He could not get us a big man, and yep. boy, that would be really good right That's now. That's a roster construction issue. For um, sure. But some people would argue that uh, scheme and other things with Chris Beard they, would be— They would argue it. Yeah, exactly. I'm just—, I'm just I, oh, I, hey, I, the, show, the show is about being fair. Fair and balanced. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just throwing it out there. All right? Yep. Uh, yeah, there you go. All right, we'll come back. We'll get to Longhorn uh, football news, notes, and nuggets. We'll have updates from the NFL Combine to short choice. Also, uh, declining a job opportunity because apparently the grass is green. Greener on the 40 acres. So is the cash. Right here on Ball Don't Lie, wonderful night in the horn. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. It is a new theme Thursday. My man Patrick plays songs and jams that should lead us to clues um, that um, should actually lead us to actually what the actual theme of the day is for the new theme Thursday. So I think I know what it is. Uh, yeah, today's it's Texas, Texas birthday. Yeah, <laughs> yeah come on. Yeah, yeah. Hey, look, there's there's yeah. very few things I could pick today. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I knew it was going to be obvious, actually. So yeah. I'm glad that you made it obvious for us, too. You didn't try to you know, beat around the bush a little bit. No, no, no. Uh, so there you go. The theme of the day is uh, Texas. 
All right, Texas the great state of Texas, yes, and Texas Independence Day. So beautiful thing, Patrick. Always the idea, you know, coming up with the the ideas, and we appreciate that as always. We appreciate you too on the Specs Text Line five one two three three seven three seven seven six. That's the number to the Specs Text Line. We're going to get into some uh, combine updates. Had some stories we're going to get into, but the combine updates are coming out fast and furiously. So we want to get to them um, right now because there are a couple of Longhorns who have already performed, and another Longhorn who is also currently uh, performing. The reason I do say perform is because it's a made-for-TV event. I would say competing, but eh, it's more performing than competing. Uh, there's some competition, but like I said, it's more performing. If you perform well, like they put, there are winners and losers to the combine. Yeah, that's that's the that's the, that's the downside of the made-for-TV event. You can win. You can win the combine now. Uh huh. You actually can win it. Like you can. Uh, there's no official winner, but it, we all know there have been guys who out there. They won the damn combine. Man, this guy won the combine. Now everybody's yeah. talking about him since it became a made for T event. So this is like a only a 20 year thing, and this is probably what Bijan wants to do. Hell, Bijan. Think about Bijan. Grew up watching the combine, so for him, it's a showcase. It's yep. a performance for us, for old heads like myself. We never thought about it like that. But young guys coming up, they do want to showcase their talent at the combine, and then they rank you. Right, yeah. they show where you ranked in all the different skills competitions. Oh, he's here in the forty. He's he's fifth among the the DBs and fifth among the linebackers, or third among the O linemen. So it is. There are winners and there are losers. These are the narratives, the storylines that must be created when you have a made for TV event. Yep. It'd be boring if it was just ah, oh, he ran a four four seven. Oh, he ran a four five two. Like no no. We need to build narratives and storylines so we rank these guys. There are winners, there are losers. Oh, this guy's great. This guy's rising up boards. They create storylines as they go. Yep. It's brilliant. It really is. And we're all captivated by it. So let's get into the, uh, the, the updates about the Texas players. So D. Lyman went first in their skills uh, competition uh, and their skills uh, uh, test. They did the 40-yard dash. I believe they already did the vertical as well. Uh, Moro Ojimo is uh, f- apparently rising fast up draft boards <laughs> with his performance. He ran a five-flat 40-yard dash that put him in the top ten, put him at number seven, Yep, I believe it was. And he, in that, a ten-yard split for him. Shout out to my man CB, by the way, who sent this to us. Um, his ten-yard split also tied for seventh, 1.77. Yeah. Ten-yard split. That's big time. That actually matters more than the forty-yard dash for because that's that, to me. That's <laughs> I feel the exact same way. I'm sitting here looking at what Keandre Colburn did in the forty. He ran a five-two-two, but I'm looking for his ten-yard uh, split, and he's a one-one point eight two. Okay, so you know what I'm saying. So you start looking at those numbers, and you're like, "That's what I need from linemen. I don't need him running no forty. If if a lineman has to run somebody down in the forty. We got to get rid of some of the other players we got. Your, your defense is bad. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you got a bad defense. If we're working for him to get that, yeah, that's not well, what we had, we're looking for. I don't know who's running the ball on the offense. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it's hey, if that's Peyton Manning back there running the ball. Exactly. The D-lineman going to catch him. Um, okay, and more eligible also among defensive linemen. His vertical jump was yep. also among the top four best vertical jumps. Yeah, he's having a good one, man. And his broad jump was also among the best five defensive linemen in the broad jump. Yep. Now, more Ojibwe is out there making some straight cash, homie. And remember, he's probably younger than half of those people that are out there because he got to college when he was, what, 17 years old? I believe he's 21 now. Yeah. 
He so spent he's been five. For real. He spent five seasons at Texas, and he's twenty one. <laughs> exactly. Let that soak in. He spent he spent five years at Texas, and he's yeah. only twenty one going into the NFL. Yeah, there's some guys that are twenty five years old that are about to try to go into the NFL mm-hmm. right now. Yeah, so he's a young. Yes, he's a baby, and uh, he's showing that he's he, he's testing well right now. And Keandre Coburn, we talked about it five two two in the forty one uh, eight two. In the 10-yard split, he had a 27-and-a-half-inch vertical and an 8-and-a-half-foot uh, uh, broad jump. With both of these guys, now I, I think more Ojemo, like I said, I think he's rising up draft boards a little bit quicker than Kendrick Coburn, and I'll right. explain that in a second. More Ojemo, he's 6'3", like 2'8". I don't know what he measured at the combine. I didn't look at that, but it usually he's around 6'3", 280 around his playing weight. But he, he he displays a lot of versatility is what you love about his game. Mm-hmm. He's one of those guys, he played 244 snaps inside in, at D-tackle, played 114 on the edge. Uh, he's one of four Power 5 interior defensive linemen with top 15 pro football focus grades as a pass rusher and a run defender. So even the, the NFL teams that like the analytical side of the D-lineman, he really does show up. And I think Marojimo at this point right now, considering now the film is going to match up with the, you know, the specs and the stats and all the measurables, he's going to skyrocket up some draft boards. Yeah. He will. And he's young. Like you said, he's young. young. So the upside's there as well. Yeah, he's he's definitely one of those guys. And And you were, did you, did you mention that he's second in the vertical, he was second amongst the. the uh, yeah, I said he was like, yeah, he was, he was top four, and he's top four in vertical and broad jumps. Yeah, he's number two behind yeah. Jalen Redman from Oklahoma in the vertical, the defensive yeah. tackle for Oklahoma. Yeah, that and guy's he was thirty. Him, yeah, he was yeah. thirty-four and a half. Yeah, that that guy's he's first in the broad jump. Jalen Redman first in the broad jump and first in the vertical among defensive linemen. Yeah. Um. So and so, ran a four eight. Yeah, and <laughs> so when all of this stuff is finalized, uh, hopefully Morojimo is still among you know the yeah. top uh, performers. But I I think either way he has really impressed everybody. I, you you can just kind of uh, put him in a search engine for for the uh, for Twitter and it just. There are tons of people yeah. that are talking about who's this more Ojimo guy. Everybody yeah. watch film on him. Uh, yeah, we've been watching it for a while. Texas had the best interior D line yep. in the country last year. And yep. I know it sounds crazy to say it, but it, it was. It was the deepest with more Ojimo, Kendra Coburn. Uh, you had guys like you know Byron Murphy. Throw him in there. You also had you know you can throw Alfred Collins in that conversation. Vernon Broughton in that conversation. I mean, they were just really deep. Yeah. Um, to Andre Sweats. I forget about how many they had. They, had, they really went. They went four to six deep. Yeah. In the interior D line for Texas, so um, that those guys are really showcasing. At least Morojimo is showcasing their talent uh, on the big stage there at the combine. With Keandre Coburn, he doesn't need to showcase you know some elite physical skill set at the combine. With him, he's more about he's going to be a player in the NFL now that every team needs on their roster because you have more teams in the NFL that have adopted the. Shanahan, Sean McVay zone blocking scheme, uh, which you know forces teams that outside zone have to run sideline to sideline. They're trying to stress you horizontally, so you need players that can run sideline to sideline. Yeah. Right? Look mm-hmm. like what? Uh, look like what you hunt? Look like what you eat? So they they got to the point where they got 
they got a lot of players in the NFL who are streamlined players, right? They're hybrid players. They can run sideline to sideline, emphasizing speed over size and strength and power. Well, to counter that, teams just started to run. Instead of running all the outside zone blocking schemes, they're running more power gap schemes, and you need power gap run defenders, right? You need run stuffing, space eating, double team taking gap, <laughs> consuming, clogging, wide body run defenders. That's Kim J. Coburn because when they start countering with the, and that, by the way, prime example, the Eagles. The yep. Eagles all year long, they were just, they were rolling along. Like, oh, we got a great defense. We're good. And then they end up uh, losing Jordan Davis. They're what? They're run stuffing, space eating, double team taking, wide body defensive tackle. They have to go get Linville Joseph. They have to go get a dumb kung soup because every team needs one. If you mm-hmm. ain't got one, then you're going to be SOL. Your defense is going to have a huge hole because, yes, you may be able to defend the zone blocking schemes, but can you defend the power and the gap schemes? And that's why you get one of, you got to get you a, you got to get you a Coburn. Yep. You got to, everybody, everybody's got to have a Kendra Coburn. And if yours is too expensive, I need a cheaper one. Yep. You don't want to invest a long-term contract in one of those guys, right? That's why you want mercenaries like Nadama Kinsu and Linville Joseph. You know, and that's why Jordan Davis for the Eagles, they understood, I'm going to need this guy. I'm going to need a guy like this for the next four or five years. So they drafted Jordan Davis, but he already got hurt. Yeah. That's why I don't know if it's necessarily worth the draft capital drafting one of those guys because he's probably going to get hurt. It's a hard job. You it just take on double yeah. teams and try every to clog it up yeah. the entire time. That's a hard yeah. job, man. Yeah. But the Siaka Ika is one of those guys. You know, Kendrick, Kendrick Coburn actually may add value because he was a great yes, pass rusher this yes, year. He was. He was able to penetrate and, and apply pressure this year too. Um, so we'll talk some more about that tomorrow. But I think that's where those both of those guys are going to be coveted in the draft because yeah. of that, their skill sets. They're creating they're creating a buzz for themselves and other people are starting to see <laughs> the things that we were hoping we got to see mm-hmm. when they were here early, but we end up seeing it late and that's why they graded so well this year. Yeah, no, you're right about that. <laughs> Texas says, yeah, and you can lose the combine as well. Oh, no, you can lose the combine. Oh, for sure. They're, def- they're probably more losers of the combine than winners of the combine. <laughs> there ain't no doubt about that. You can lose it. Jamarcus Russell won the combine with a 70-yard pass from his knees. Uh, G- GMs didn't know about the purple drink. That is true. <laughs> That's very – exactly. You know yep. what I mean? So the, the combine is just – it's just a show, people. Yep. It is just a show. As you said before. It's just, you know? just a made for TV event. Made That's all it TV. is. That's all it ain't got it really has got I think actually I think Dan Campbell said it. He recently said, uh, I'll get the Dan Campbell quote, but Dan Campbell recently said, like, yeah, man, it's a made for TV event and he cares nothing about it. He just likes to meet the players. Mm-hmm. He said that's his whole point of going to the combine. He said it's about meeting the players. Oh, here's the quote. He said I, I guess there is somewhat of a spectacle. To me, it's more, at this point, just to be able to sit with these guys. They get the medical during the week. But for us to be able to do these interviews is the biggest part of all this. It's not even the working out portion. To me, you grade them off the tape. You don't grade off somebody out here in pajamas <laughs> running a 40 with no defender around. He's right. He said the meetings are great. The meetings are really pivotal. All the other stuff, whatever. Yeah. It's, it's a show now. And you know what? I love it. It's like reality TV. You know some of it's fake and they're a little scripted, and you're like, ah, I still want to watch it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what the, 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 the combine is basically the NFL's version of their reality TV. 
is their reality TV love show. It. And you love it. Till you love it. Like, oh, this is great. Had, ain't got a damn thing to do with football. <laughs> <laughs> ain't got a damn thing to do with football. But, hey, it, this is like reality TV ain't got a damn thing to do with reality. Yep. But we love it. All right? No doubt. Social media is becoming more anti-social by the day. We love oh, it. Oh, I was going to say, it is definitely <laughs> anti-social. Anything but social. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Ain't nobody making that many friends on, <laughs> no. the, on the internet. You're losing friends <laughs> on, on social media. Come how on, did, man. How did I lose 100 followers already? <laughs> oh, you said something you wasn't supposed to say. You said something that got you canceled. Exactly. Uh, so, DeMarvio and Overshown, no updates on him yet. And as soon as we have some, we'll uh, relay those as well because he also will be performing at the uh, the NFL Combine because defensive linemen and linebackers on the field today for all of their testing. We come back. We'll get into the flex on the other side uh, let you know what's happening in the uh, the high school uh, basketball playoffs here in Central Texas. All that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie, wonderful Nine Horn. Amarillo, San Antonio, any old place I call my home, I gotta go. I got Texas in my soul Dallas, Fort Worth, San Angelo Houston, Austin, or El Paso I gotta go I got Texas in my soul Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. It is a new theme Thursday edition of Ball Don't Lie on 104.9 The Horn. And, of course, Patrick, like all of us, proud Texans. So uh, celebrating Texas Independence Day, and that is the theme of new theme Thursday. So yes. shout out to my man Patrick, founding all songs that are Texas themed, or at least mention Texas somewhere prominently in the lyrics. Yes, I mean they all have Texas in the title. Te- oh, that so that's what Texas, Texas in the title. Okay, so there yes, you go. They all have Texas, Texas in, the in the title. That's specifically all right. Was that that wasn't tough, right? That was easy. Yeah, there, it's tough. It's it's tough to find different genres because ah. there's nine thousand country songs with it. I'm trying to trying to, to spread it, it out a little bit, so it was a little Man. bit harder to find different there's stuff. There's no way you found an R and B song with Texas in the title. No, I found several hip hop songs that I cannot oh, yeah. play on the radio. I'm say, yeah, oh yeah, because oh, it's going down from H Town. <laughs> I can name some third coast for you that they got Texas in there. No question. Oh but, yeah, 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 but R&B? I can't play any of them yeah. because because every single one of them, I was like, I'm gonna have to censor this six times in the first twenty seconds. <laughs> yeah, it's like when you try to watch Sopranos on A and E, and it's yeah. like, well, there's no point in this. Exactly, you mother freaker. Uh, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> All right, let's get to FLXATX.com, FLXATX on all of your social media platforms. Uh, we'll get back to the Combine conversation. As a matter of fact, there is a Combine-related uh, story on FLXATX.com. It's perfect. The Austin Area Schools with an alumni invited to the 2023 Combine. They got that up there for you as well, those who will be participating in the Combine. As a matter of fact, not a nap guy on the Specs Exxon says, broad jumping is one I really don't get. There's no crying in baseball and no broad jumping in football. <laughs> Agree, but broad jumping is an explosive, explosive. skill. Yeah, that's like it's an explosive Just movement. Just like the vertical. It's an explosive movement. Yeah, so you can tell if, uh, if, you, if you're 300-some pounds and you can get all of that weight, you know what I mean, exploding up in a vertical uh, leap yep. as high as, I don't know, 30 34, 35, 36 mm-hmm. inches, right up there with DBs who are 180 pounds, it shows you that defense line is pretty damn explosive. Now, if that explosion may not last more than six, seven yards, but <laughs> maybe that's all you but need. But it listed habits. Maybe, maybe, maybe uh, all you need, though. 
Yep. You see that guy because he can reset the line of scrimmage like that, and that's so they looking for the explosion, that's explosive power. Yep. Mad dog used to always talk about that. Uh, so you can. That, I, thought you can was, I thought it was all blocked passes and blocked field goals. That's all it is. <laughs> all the jumping, all the all the leaping, uh, that kind of stuff. Yeah, no, it is. It's one of those. Uh, it's one of those. I, I think that actually does translate to football better than some of the other skills that they test at the NFL Combine. For the 40-yard dash, which is the premier event of the Combine, translate the, translates the least to actual football of all the skills tests, you could argue. You can make that argument. Even for his skills players like DBs and wide receivers, you can make, you can make the, you're going other than 5-10-5 in the shuttle mm-hmm. are actually better at translating the football than the straight-up 40. Because I just never run 40 yards straight ahead. I I, ne- right. I don't think I ever did it ever. It's very rare. It's really because I'm always I'm fighting with a wide receiver too. Yeah, you're when cutting I'm, and you're I'm shifting. I'm cutting. I'm and, shifting. Yeah, I'm yeah, looking. Yeah. I'm reading. I'm, my hands are moving. I'm never running straight ahead forty yards. That just never happens. Right. There's so much other things. So much. So much other stuff going on. and so many things you got to process while very that's true. happening. Uh, anyway, go check out uh, flxatx.com. They also have the high school basketball action and the uh, coverage of the basketball action. They have the breakdown. You can go check that out up there as well with the latest round of high school basketball playoff action. The third round final scores and the uh, the regional semifinal matchups are up there for you too. And there's a lot of baseball that is going to be going on this weekend. There's tournaments all over the the Central Texas area again. I'm sure that you have talked to some of your baseball buddies and found out where their kids are going to be playing. I know that Westlake has a bunch of games because of some of the buddies that we have whose kids are over there at Westlake as well. Pflugerville, Round Rock, Georgetown, they're all playing in tournaments as well as Lake Travis. So make sure you get it there, baby. Make sure mm. you get it there. Yeah, uh, no doubt. Go go to flxatx.com, flxatx on all of your social media platforms. They got you covered with all of their high school coverage for all of your local sports at the high school level. All right, we come back. We'll get into a ton of NFL news notes and nuggets. Mike McCarthy speaking out about Kellen Moore. Uh-huh. Uh, we'll ask our resident Cowboys fans, Mike Harge, how he feels about that. Also, there are rumblings that the Cowboys may be interested in a trade with the Texans. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bijan Robinson odds. We'll get into those. And DeMarvio on Overshone, meeting with the Cowboys. A lot of Cowboys talk yeah. on the other side. We'll talk about that more right here on Ball Don't Lie on 104.9 The Horn.